22nd, 2016. I am officially 33 and a half years old. I am your host, Kellen Conley. And this is Hyphenation. How's everybody doing this beautiful, beautiful morning? I am live from the Kroger parking lot in Morgantown, in Morgantown, at the Suncrest Town Center. We came back to play a home game. We came back for the people. And first things first, Um, I, I know that y'all know I moved into my house now, and y'all are like, how come you're still recording in the car? How come you're not doing a show at your in your new half-finished basement with all that space. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. How come you're not podcasting live on your microphone you use to record all of your music for years and years now? Why are you still on the headset mic? Why are you still in the car hyphen? Because I don't want to forget where I came from. But honestly, though, it's summer vacation. And Angel and Aaliyah are home so I can't really run downstairs and start I couldn't yell like I just did and uh downstairs I, ah, hibernation! Ah! And I wake up Aaliyah and that pisses off Angel and then I gotta stop podcasting because I woke up Aaliyah and she's gonna spend time with me and she's not gonna sit on daddy's lap while daddy talks to imaginary people <laughs> at least to her daddy talks to the microphone she won't want she's gonna want to talk in the microphone and as good as um, Aaliyah Nation will probably be, as much of a better show as it probably would be, I, I, I can't give it up yet. But that's why. They're at the house. I think Aaliyah was waking up as I went out the door this morning because I left early to podcast. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's where we're at with that. Siphonation episode 18, by the way. I really hope that you took the time to listen to episode 17. That's probably as serious as it ever is going to get on a show. But do not think that if it's, obviously, the problem's not fixed for me doing a podcast. But as long as I have this podcast... excuse me and as long as people are listening to me and getting entertainment from me and wanting to know my takes on things if this stuff continues as i assume it is going to continue because i believe a brother just got shot somewhere because he was assisting an autistic guy and officer just rolled up on him and shot him and then a black guy's like officer why did you shoot me and the police officer's like i don't know but, 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 my, my, my blood immediately started to boil again. Immediately. Things ain't fixed. Donald Trump is the official Republican presidential candidate. So if I feel the need to go back to that well, I will. I'm drinking a little bit of water. A little bit of water. Listen to Katie Nolan's Garbage Time Pass Password. Garbage Time Pass. Shit. Garbage Time Podcast. Episode Rachel Nichols. I love Rachel Nichols. And I like Katie Nolan. I do. I've seen some episodes of Garbage Time. But I don't know how I feel about her. I'm on the fence. 
It's like, do I like Katie Nolan? Do I not like Katie Nolan? There's been a few times on this first podcast where it's been like, yep, I can definitely get behind that. No pun intended, and I'm not going there. Um, and other times I'm like, eh, meh, not really doing it for me. So we'll see. We'll see. That, but Rachel Nichols is phenomenal, and she's her guest on this podcast. All right, man. So I got a message. <laughs> I got a message the other day from a good friend of mine, a guest of the show. His name is Eric Greenley. You might know him. He's also friends with Handsome Bane. So on your Instagrams, on your Snapchats, and on YouTube, search Handsome Bane, subscribe, follow, add on Snapchat, do all those things, get Handsome Bane in your life, and uh, <clears throat> then by extension, you'll be Eric Greenlee's friend as well. And you've heard Eric on this show. He's phenomenal. But I got some messages, messages, messages on Messenger from Eric Greenlee. And it's what he said. This is what he said. Let's see. July 6th, 10.23 p.m. Yo, hyphen. When you going to hit us with another podcast, man? The streets say ever since you got the house, you ain't hungry no more. They say LeBron won the chip, and even though you predicted it, you ain't come out and say shit. They said Roman Reigns might be a crackhead, and you ain't weigh in on Nathan. They said you ain't even want to touch that KD shit. They say your takes wouldn't have been hot at all. And I know you ain't going to let them talk about you like that. So I said, who that talking all that noise there, Greenlee? And he said, I was going to smack the shit out of dude, but he wasn't lying. But there was mad people agreeing with him and shit. And I was like, oh, I've been plotting on bringing, to, on bringing a longtime Cavs fan, maybe two in for the Cavs podcast, which is the podcast I've been trying to get E to do with me, possibly Anthony. And I said, I got my real mic back. Obviously, it doesn't matter. I haven't recorded one episode of Hyphenation on it yet. Then he corrected himself. He said, snack, snack the shit. And then he said, no, smack the shit. Now I was like, went and came back to Trike Adventures and Victory Jump Off Radio real quick. I put out M-A-T-H-O-D, episode of Victory Jump Off Radio, all about Method Man. Put out a new Trike Adventures, the first one actual episode we recorded in three years. And then I said, and there's doubters of the hyphenation. And I said, I gave four podcast, I gave the people four podcasts in two weeks just last month. How soon they forget. And he said, okay. I was like, there has to be a logical explanation for this. And then he was like, that's what I said. And so I go into promo mode. I was like, but nah, I have episodes coming besides the caps. Have one on deck. Got to talk to the streets about KD, about Roman. And this shit with Brother Alton, Alton, which I just talked about in Hyphenation 17. And he's like, okay, word. And I said, it's going to be a hot summer. Then I put a, a gif of Cameron. If you don't know, Cameron and 50 Cent were beefing back in 2007. And uh, they had put out one of the first uh, straight-to-YouTube musical disses with, uh, I believe, 50 Day Funeral Music. And then Cam came back with the the classic Curtis and they're going back and forth. And then cam came out from in front of the camera with the small pool behind him in the beater. And he's like, said all this stuff talking to fifties. Like it's going to be a hot summer. And then fit. And then cam disappeared for like a couple years. So that's what I was referencing. And he, then he said it was mad and I'm only using this language. Why, why does it matter? It's my podcast. If there's young listeners, y'all know this, man. <laughs> it says explicit in iTunes. He was like, it was mad niggas. Had me looking like the Mr. Krabs theme. If you don't know the Mr. Krabs meme, um, Mr. Krabs meme is uh, they've taken SpongeBob SquarePants and his boss, Mr. Krabs. There's a shot of him looking super confused and they've put a blur effect over it. And then what the internets like to do is they like to put captions on this saying certain things making it look like Mr. Krabs is disoriented so he felt 
saying that he felt like Mr. Krabs disoriented because all these mad niggas was talking about me, not uh, uh, well, what's the word? Was talking about how I got soft. And I said, LMAO, I got you. Been on the road recruiting new fans to the cause. Got a tweet that someone burned through all 16 episodes in a week or so. Shout out to Eric Jordan Jr., Little E. Appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed episode 17. I hope you continue to listen and support and let everybody know. That's my little brother right there. That's I got the streets binging. Streets binge listening. And he said, that's what's up. Streets over here said they heard it all before like Sunshine Anderson. And I said, you let them know my name is my name. Then I said, tell them props for remembering what Ms. Anderson gave us. Because Sunshine Anderson was a little known R&B artist from 2001. And she had two semi-hits. Her big one was Heard It All Before. Heard it all before. Dope song. And then her other song, which is my personal favorite of hers, is called Lunch or Dinner, which is a beautiful mid-tempo, ballady kind of room folk dance song that I enjoy. Because I'm into that kind of stuff. Grown folks dance music. So one of the topics I want to get into is, I've actually had this list of topics for a while. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm sorry. But, uh, the day, the night, early morning before the Orlando shooting, um, there, there was a singer, a very young singer named Christina Grimmie, who was killed in Orlando, ironically enough, after one of her shows as she did a meet and greet with her fans. Now, I had kind of lost touch with Christina Grimmie. And I say that that way um, because I believe it was at least five years ago, maybe even six, probably five years ago on YouTube, she would post covers of her singing songs on YouTube. And I can't remember the first one that I actually heard. I could get, I, I, at some point, I could dig through my YouTube favorites because I definitely loved it. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to talk about. It, yes, she she was just uber talented, super talented young lady. Well, um, she died at the age of twenty two. It was June tenth when she passed, and what happened? Was well, on the 10th, Grimmy was shot four times by 27-year-old Kevin James Loibel. I shouldn't even say his fucking name. While she signed autographs following her performance with Before You Exit at the Plaza Live in Orlando. He was tackled by Grimmy's brother, but the Brookman back broke free, backed against the wall, and shot himself dead. Grimmy was taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center. She was pronounced dead just before 11 p.m. local time. So it was actually that night. So he just had an unrealistic infatuation with her and he got close enough and I don't know. But I wanted to take a few minutes just to acknowledge her death because one, I appreciate all music. And the fact that this young former YouTube sensation who was on The Voice um, is gone because of an overzealous fan murdered her, murdered her and then murdered himself is just sickening to me. So uh, even though I lost touch with her music over the years, I always thought she was uber talented. And it's a damn shame that the world won't get to see her reach her 
full potential. So R.I.P. Christina Grimmie. But uh, another topic I got here um, is before all, all of this, uh, the most recent shootings occurred that I was talking about last episode and with uh, Alton, Alton Sterling and uh, uh, Philando Castile. Sorry, I, I, I try not to start yelling. <laughs> Gosh, I'm still mad. I don't want anybody to think shit's cool. It ain't cool. I was in my office having a conversation with someone. And they have been in my office multiple times. And I actually really enjoy just talking to him. The guy's super interesting. He has a way about him of talking about things. And he just kind of entrances you as he speaks. He has a very, excuse me, southern preacher kind of vibe. That's at least what I get from him. And it, it was really weird because uh, we were sitting there talking and he, he was, I was helping him out. And all of a sudden he went on this tangent and he's like, oh, well, I just want to let you know, Kellen, that, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see color. And so I'm like, oh, where where are you going with this? Like, are you are you trying to make it a point to to point out, like, hey, look, I get along with black people because that's immediately what I think. Like, why why does he feel the need to tell me this? Because obviously, if we're we're already on the level playing field. We're having conversations. In fact, a conversation I had initially with him when I he first walked into my office is one of the reasons why I thought I need to restart my solo podcast and really get to interviewing people. Because, as I've said, when I talk to people, they open up to me and they they just tell me interesting details about them, about themselves. Like this guy and another member, another person I've helped, <laughs> is another reason why I've, I had these thoughts about doing the AFA Nation. Because it's like when I sit down and can have a conversation one-on-one with somebody, I feel like I can get a quality interview out of them, regardless of who they are. So we, in my mind, we're already on a level playing field. I was happy to see him. He was happy to see me. He's telling me about what had been going on since last time we talked and all the things and a little bit about uh, what he did when he was younger, how his kids is doing, how uh, are growing, how how his kids are doing, how my kid is doing. And I'll say, like, you know, Kellen, I, I, I just want to let you know I don't see color. So I'm on the defensive. Like, right. But I mean, of course, I got to smile and be like, eh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's like, I don't raise my two, my two twin boys to see color either. So I, I want, I want us to live in a world where everybody gets along and it's not a big deal who is this color and who is this religion and everything. I I don't see color and I I want us to all kind of live in unity is what he was trying to get at. It it was, it was just really awkward though. Cause I don't know. You just, you just know when you're going to, somebody's going to say something and it's like, Oh no. Like, well, why are we having this conversation? Like, you don't even need to bring it up. It's not. It's not even important. It had no bearing on what we were talking about and what we had previously talked about. And he was just like, "Oh well, you know, I don't see color." So the fact that you're a black guy in front of me doesn't doesn't mean anything. But it meant enough to bring it up. So I don't know. That was more awkward than I wanted it to be. Um, as we proceed, if you've listened to the show, you may have heard me go on these rants about McDonald's, at least in the past, those four episodes I did at the end of uh, May and June. 
you definitely heard me just going on rants about McDonald's and how they're they're marketing and how happy black people seem to be when they're eating McDonald's, all these things. The thing is, while I was doing all of that, I was also eating mass quantities of McDonald's. Why? Because money was kind of tight, and it was easy for me to go grab a couple of McChickens or a couple cheeseburgers um, and just have that for my lunch versus going out to eat or actually having to make my own, my own lunch, which I am capable of doing, but I just felt as easy to just hop in the car and come to McDonald's. Millions upon millions around the world know that feeling. But one day I was I was either sitting in line eating McDonald's, or I was eating my McDonald's on my lunch break, and I'm like, son of a bitch. I know I admitted to loving McDonald's when I was cursing it out. But if there was ever a time that I was being overly hypocritical, as hypocritical as I could be, that was the moment. Because I had just just went off with McDonald's about, oh, you're, let me get a McPick too. All that bullshit. And here I am, McChicken, McChicken, man, nah, 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 stuffing it down my throat. <laughs> let me get that McPick too, uh, fish filet Big Mac. Let me, let me get that real quick. It's only $5. It's not a bad deal, though. But still, so since since I realized how much McDonald's I was eating and as I cursed the very name, I uh, actually decided to pay more attention to what I'm putting in my mouth. And I've been going more to Wendy's and Burger King. <laughs> Not really. But, I mean, I have been trying to do a little bit better. I'm, I'm a little hot, so I turned on my air conditioner. Sorry about the beeping, guys. Shh. I've my eating's been out of control though. I've been eating horribly. Uh again, like any and everything. I I keep looking in the mirror and I hate everything. <laughs> but I really just need to say take the steps and really get into the nitty-gritty of not eating this junk and start figuring out some kind of um physical activity I can do to start getting slimmed down because I'm getting a little ridiculous. A little ridiculous. So I need y'all when y'all see me out and you're like, yo, there goes Kellen Conley, host of hyphenation and rapper. When you see me out and it's like you see me order a steak, you gotta be like, hey, maybe you don't need that steak. Maybe you need to have a nice salad. Call me out and then when I get offended be like, I listen to hyphenation. I'll be like, all right, cool. That's not a big deal then. You're looking out for me at that point. You're not just calling me a fat slob. So that's what I need y'all to do. When you see me at a Chinese buffet, gotten two plates full of wontons, you need to be like, hey, it's be hyphen. <laughs> Kellen Conley, host of Hyphen Nation, slash rapper, author of the uh, debut album, Soon You Understand, available at behyphen.com. Hey, maybe you need to put those wontons down and, uh, Maybe small, make your portion smaller. I need y'all to do that for me. When you see your boy, your boy be hyphen out in public with a corn dog and a piece of corn on the cob and both hands double fisted, I need you to be like, oh, Kellen Conley, be hyphen, host hyphenation slash rapper. You need to slow your roll. And don't get offended, though. I listen to Hyphenation. But seriously, I need to do better. I got a lot of... Uh, is that Tommy? Tommy! Uh, That's great podcast. And I'm going to yell at people that y'all don't know as they drive away in a car. And they don't even know I'm here podcasting. If he does, he's probably like, Huh, some black guy's podcasting in a car. Maybe I should call the police. And yes, I said Police. Tommy's a good guy. He wouldn't do that. So what else we got? Oh, 
because of the internet. Childish Gambino released his second album, 2013, in December, called Because of the Internet. It is, I don't know, 18 or so tracks. It's a very good album by itself. But the album makes more sense if you read it with his screenplay, which was actually up for a time at Because the Inter.net. It's not up anymore, but you can still find it online. You're supposed to listen to the album while you read the script to kind of understand what's going on throughout the album because it's pretty much playing... It's playing. The album is about the script, essentially, is where we're at with it. I read the script initially in 2014 when I first got around to listening because of the internet. Finished listening, reading... Uh, the script at Angels 2014 West Virginia History Bowl uh, regionals. Finished reading the script there. And I thought it was wonderful. I, I thought it was a really good concept and everything. I, I liked what he did with it. And then if you go on Donald uh, Donald Glover on Reddit, on that, if you go to the Donald Glover subreddit on Reddit, r slash Donald Glover, all one word, all lowercase. There was all kinds of theories about what meant this and who the boy was and why this is that and why this is going on in the script and on the album. And he opened up this whole wormhole of of ideas and thoughts based off of his music, which is wonderful. But then, if you know anything about Donald Glover, Childish Gambino... Especially since uh, he left Community and before he put out because of the internet, he'll he's he'll just drop off the face of the planet. Can't find him. Well, he's got a new show called Atlanta coming out, and he actually has a new album and he's doing some new, he's doing some shows at Joshua Tree here in September, I believe. The new album is going to be called Pharaohs. And I'm super excited because I'm a big Childish Gambino fan. So I went back and reread the script again. The screenplay. Um, just by itself without listening. Like I had listened to the album again when I was mowing a few weeks ago. Um, but I know how the album sounds. So I wanted to go back and reread the script again. And I, I just want to say again, it's going to be the first recommendation of the episode. How great an episode. An episode. How great a screenplay and piece of work because the internet as a screenplay is. Because let me just give you a little summary. The boy is Childish Gambino's character. At the beginning, he's coming back from camp, which is the name of Childish Gambino's first album. Um, Camp, which is also very good. Not as good as because of the internet, but it's also very good in some right. I was a big fan of camp. The boy comes back from camp, meets his father, who's played by Rick Ross. They go home. And then you find out the boy is an internet troll, essentially. Then we flash forward like 15 years later. The boy's grown up. He has a bunch of friends that are living off him, essentially. And all they do is smoke weed all day and party and then do it all over again the next day. Constant repeating cycle. And this is the story of the boy as he realizes that his life is one endless loop. And a lot of that is to do with growing up because of the internet. So go find it. I actually have a, um, it's really easy to find, honestly. Just search Childish Gambino because of the internet screenplay. You can even search because of the internet screenplay and you'll find it. Um, it is a very good read and I'm really excited about Donald's new show, Atlanta, that's going to come on, come out on FX, um, here in the fall. Because like I said, I'm a big Donald Glover fan, big Gambino fan. So, looking forward to that. I don't know how many times I said looking forward to that. But one more time, I am looking forward to that. Next topic. Kevin Durant. This is going to be fun. So yeah. Kevin Durant. Was... Not one. No, Kevin Durant had not one, not two, 
but three opportunities to put the Golden State Warriors away in this year's Western Conference Finals. The Thunder won game one, the Warriors won game two, and then the Thunder won games three and four. They were up three to one on the team that broke my beloved Chicago Bulls' regular season record, 73 and nine. 48 minutes away from the NBA Finals and a date with the Cleveland Cavaliers because you really knew Toronto wasn't about that life, even when the series was tied 2-2. And I don't know why I'm talking so loud. I'm trying to sit the state. It's so, so low. I'm trying to sit the, sit the moment, I guess. Kevin Durant didn't just leave Oklahoma City in free agency. He didn't just go somewhere else. He didn't re-sign with Oklahoma City like he had told Billy Donovan he was going to do a year before. Kevin Durant went and signed with the team that beat him. Now, one of the things that Matt has emailed me recently was something along the lines of, I don't know why everybody's so upset with Kevin Durant. Um... He saw a good opportunity and he took it. It's not a big deal. This is worse than what LeBron James did to Cleveland. And I'll tell you why. LeBron had every right to leave Cleveland. There was no reason for him to stay in Cleveland. If he had stayed in Cleveland then, he still would not have had the resources for years in order to compete for an NBA title. Legitly. I didn't think that he would do what he did where he teamed with two of the biggest superstars in the league to dominate the league for four seasons. Win two NBA championships. That's the part that got everybody mad. If LeBron had went to the Knicks or just somewhere else to kind of start fresh by himself as the main attraction to that, it, would have, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. If he hadn't have done the decision, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. That was just awful. But Kevin, it's the equivalent of Michael Jordan saying in 1989, after Scotty's migrating game, going to Ronsdorf and Krause, Jerry Ronsdorf and Jerry Krause, and being like, you know what? Trade me to the Pistons. I can't beat them. I want to be a Piston. This is the same thing as if when the Lakers couldn't beat the Celtics in the 80s, if Magic went to Dr. Jerry Buss and was like, can't beat the Celtics. Trade me to the Celtics. Same thing. And I know that Bird has come out several times, but like, oh, I would have never asked to. Uh, I would have never signed with a team with a bunch of superstars. I'm too competitive. While that may be true, free agency was completely different back then, and he would not have been able to go anywhere he wants like he can now. So I don't even. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, Larry's Boston teams were the best in the league, so you never had to worry about that. But in the event that he did, if they were terrible, I think he might have left. I I think Magic might have left. I don't. You don't know until you have the options that players today have. But that I'm getting off on a tangent. So again, that would be like. Wilt Chamberlain, who got his ass handed to him several times by Bill Russell and the Celtics, going to the Lakers or going to the Warriors or going to whatever team he lost to the Celtics with that year and saying, trade me to the Celtics. It's the same concept. Now I know 
that the rivalry between the Warriors and the Thunder isn't really there like that. Yeah, the Thunder should be pretty pissed off they blew a 3-1 lead and let the Warriors get to the finals. But there was never any feeling of bad blood or animosity, at least I didn't think so, between them. Never felt that at all in the series, despite Draymond and his nut-kicking, and despite tensions flaring during the games. I never felt like the Thunder went home and were like, man, they really hate the Warriors. The Warriors really don't like the Thunder. So it's not the same rivalry. It's not like the Lakers and the Celtics. Like Kobe losing in 2008 to the Celtics, saying... You know what, Dr. Buss? Trade me to the Celtics. I can't beat them. <sighs> Is it an amazing opportunity for Kevin Durant to play for such a phenomenal team and such a phenomenal system? Yes. Could it potentially be disastrous for the league? If the Warriors start are really on some unbeatable shit, like 2K NBA Live shit where they can't be beat, then obviously, yes, it's bad for the league. But what are they going to do? They can't step in like, you got to give up some of your players because you're too good. They're not going to do that. Now, if several teams started stacking the deck like that, then they'd have to step in and do something. But they couldn't do it to the actual teams who did it correctly under the current salary cap and under the current rules. Real talk, I feel like Durant was just tired of being a big fish in a small bowl in OKC. He had Westbrook, but at the same time, I think he felt like he had outgrew Oklahoma City. And the Warriors have been pitching to him. I just said, saw something come across my time hop about Durant signing with the Warriors that I posted last year. Which is crazy because they were the defending champs last year. We didn't even know what they were going to do in the offseason. I mean, this past season. So, for that to be the case, they've been recruiting so long. I really, I really thought he was going to stay. I did. They were 48 minutes away from the finals, where they more than likely would have beat the Cavs. And I'm really trying to stay away from the Cavs topic because I'm trying to save save that for Eric. But obviously, the Warriors should have beat the Cavs. <laughs> the Western Conference should have the NBA champion this season. But I'm going to save more of that for when I talk to Monsalong. The thing that Durant did by signing with the Warriors, he's exactly like all these other players that are signing on with the Warriors now, like David West and Verizal came back, and Ray Allen was talking about he might want to sign with the Warriors or Cavs or... um. Larry Sanders talked about he might sign with the Warriors. Like, it makes him seem like he just wants to sit on their end of the bench, on end of the bench, and get a ring. Clearly, he's Kevin Durant, one of the best players in NBA in basketball in the world right now. But it makes it seem like he's comfortable with being on a team so great that they don't need his help. And that's my main problem. It's always super fun to create your player, make them awesome on NBA 2K, and put them on your favorite team, and then y'all, you you can't be beat on the game, and you win the title, and it's always super fun to see how much stats you can pile up and all that. But to actually do it in real life for up to 100 games next season for Durant, it's going to be... It's going to be weird. I don't think it's going to be as hunky-dory as he might think it is. 
And yeah, I said hunky-dory. Did I say hunky-dory last episode? I feel like I did. I don't feel like it's going to be as great as he might think. It will be for a while. But I feel like there might be, at points, tension among the teammates. Because despite the whole death lineup of the Warriors, aside from Harrison Barnes, of course, coming to pitch to KD when he was in the Hamptons. I think at some point there is going to be a problem because you're taking a team that has built its own superstars and Steph and Clay and Draymond and revived careers like Igludala and Livingston and Barbosa. A team that was same as the Thunder, 48 minutes away from their second straight championship and finishing the greatest season in NBA history. They were 48 minutes away three times, just like the Thunder. To plop the biggest star in the NBA that's not named LeBron James into their lineup is really interesting to me. Because you really don't know how that's going to go. And it makes me curious to find out. So I, I can I can see some backstage drama going on. Moving on, a lot of free agency moves taking place. I'm way behind. It's slowed down. Obviously, as Eric said, I was uh, getting soft in my new house. But I'm back, and a lot of big moves have been made. But honestly, with this Durant thing, it's still only Durant, it's still only Cleveland and Golden State and San Antonio at this point. I'm interested to see how San Antonio's dynamic changes without Duncan. No team in the East has gotten better to truly compete with the Cavs. The Knicks added Rose. That's all fine and good. I'm happy for him. He needed a new start. And it's obvious the Bulls have made Jimmy Butler their guy, our guy. So I could see why that move was made. That's perfectly fine. Um, but no moves have been made where it's like, I could kind of see this team giving them a run, giving the Warriors or the Cavs a run. Of course, we don't know anything until the games are actually played. The Warriors step on the court opening night. Somebody could blow out a knee, somebody could hurt an ankle and be out for the season, change the whole dynamic, and then suddenly the Warriors aren't so beatable. The Cavs could come out ring night and knock on wood, LeBron could have his first major injury be out for the year. Or the same for Love or Kyrie. All those things could happen. Knock on wood that it doesn't. There's so many things that could happen between now to start NBA season to the playoffs, which start next May. So many different things. I want to talk a little bit about my Bulls, though. I don't like Fred Hoiberg. I'm mad that we fired Thibodeau. I may have said on the podcast that I was considering. No, I don't even think I've said this yet. Maybe I said it. I don't know. I say so many things on this podcast. Tom Thibodeau is now the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I am such a Tom Thibodeau fan and such a fan of what he was able to do for us when he was the Bulls coach. That I am all in on Tom Thibodeau. And when I say Tom Thibodeau, I'm only sounding like this. So I'm making sure that I thought somebody's coming over to the car. <laughs> I'm such a Tom Thibodeau fan that I was willing to become a Minnesota Timberwolves fan and abandon my Bulls because of all the young talent they got and the fact I like Thibodeau. I've only done this once in my NBA fandom. And this is right after the Bulls dismantled the dynasty when Kraus and Reinsdorf when not resign Phil. Michael retired because of the lockout and because he didn't resign Phil. They traded Scotty to um, Portland. 
and then Rodman signed with the Lakers. Uh, I think it was during the lockout season. Might I think it was the lockout season? Yeah. So because of these reasons, I was the team was nothing like it. I wanted it to be was not a Tim Floyd fan either. I didn't even attempt to follow the Bulls. I put all my chips in the Philadelphia 76ers basket along with Allen Iverson. So from 1999, when the lockout ended, up until, or it might have been early 98, I can't remember the lockout ended. 1999, when the lockout ended, I was a Philadelphia 76ers fan up until roughly 2002-2003. The Bulls got a really good pickup in Jason Williams from Duke. And as much as I despise Duke as a basketball fan because I'm a UNC fan because Michael Jordan went to UNC and I've followed him for years, as much as I am a Duke hater, Jason Williams was the first glimmer of hope that the Bulls would be relevant again. Of course, we know he got into the accident and it didn't turn out that way. And it also helped that I started, I had moved out of my parents' house. I was living in Morgantown, had a PS2. I had NBA Live 2003, 2004. So I was using my Bulls more. I got familiar with them again. And so by 2004, I was back on the Bulls bandwagon. Still kept an eye on AI and the 76ers. But it wasn't the same as those three, those couple of seasons that I was a Philly fan. So I've been all in on the Bulls again since before the Ben Gordon era, up until now. So I was considering moving to become a fan of the Timberwolves until my Bulls started to look like they could be competitive again. Because I thought this season was a wash. Traded Rose. Heard we tried to trade Butler multiple times to the Timberwolves, which would really seal the deal for me. Um, Powell's gone. Went to San Antonio. Uh, Joe Keane signed with New York. The Bulls that I've known and loved since the Tom Thibodeau era began, essentially, all gone. We don't have anybody on the roster other than Jimmy Butler. And, yeah, we got Miritich, uh, Miritich and we got uh, uh, McBuckets, and we have a lot of young talent. But I'm looking at the roster a few weeks ago, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see us winning more than 20 games. I'm gonna, I'd rather watch the Timberwolves. Um, try to be better than mediocre with Tim Thibodeau. Tim Thibodeau. Tim Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Then two things happen. Denzel Valentine was drafted. And as everybody saw this past Monday, if y'all watched the Summer League final against the Timberwolves, ironically enough, Denzel Kim Ball. So there's a lot of potential there. The Bulls signed Rajon Rondo. And let me tell you, when the Celtics were good, Rajon was my favorite player because he was the facilitator. Ray was the three-point shooter. Paul Pierce was the scorer. And Durant was the heart of the team. Obviously, Durant could fill it up too. But I love Rajon because Rajon came in and he was a rookie. All these other guys were vets when they came to um, Boston. And then you have Rajon, the rookie, trying to make things happen, trying to be great. And, of course, Doc left. Rajon was traded to the Mavs, I believe. Fell out with the Mavs, and he signed with um, Sacramento. Fell out again, fell out of favor again. So he's now coming to the Bulls. My love of Rajon Rondo exceeds any fears I may have that he's not going to listen to Hoiberg. Because Hoiberg is a joke. That's going to be the Bulls' downfall if there's anything aside from the talent on the floor. It's going to be Hoiberg. But the fact that he's coming to Chicago, a system is in place. It's a, a franchise with history. Maybe Rajon taps in to that old Boston player he once was. So Rajon and Jimmy, cool. A lot of young talent, cool. Maybe this team would be fun to watch. Still might have to buy Timberwolves hat. And then the word came out that Miami wasn't going to pay Dwayne Wade. 
First and foremost, get my Stephen A. Smith on. How do you not pay Dwayne Wade? Three NBA titles, six, six, five, five NBA finals appearances, 06, 11, 12, 13, 14, three, three rings, including putting the 2006 heat on his back and deferring to LeBron so they could start winning titles after 2011 didn't work out the way they wanted it to. And you're going to be like, nah, you're washed. We're not going to pay you that. When you know the salary cap has gone way up and it's going to go up even more next season. And yet, you want to say, nah, nah, D-Wade, nah. So I, I, I thought... Wade was going to go somewhere else. Last I heard, he might go to Cleveland. He might take the pay cut there to go play with LeBron again, go play with his homie. I saw the Bulls' name pop up every now and then, but I didn't really think the Bulls had any shot at Dwayne Wade agrees to contract with Chicago Bulls. We have Dwayne Wade on our team. Yes, he might be a little bit washed, but at the same time, if you watched him in the playoffs this season, you can tell that he still competes, he can still score, and he damn near beat the Raptors by himself. If Whiteside didn't get hurt, I think the Heat won that series. The Heat were playing really well. Wade, Butler, Rondo. Valentine. I'm intrigued. And I will not be buying a Timberwolves hat, but I will keep one eye on Tommy Thibodeau and the Timberwolves. But I'm still all in on the Bulls. Derek, I wish you the best of luck in New York, man. (sighs) Running out of time, running out of time. And by time, I mean time for me to get on this road and get to where I need to be at work. So, with that said, I'm going to touch on this real quick. Roman Reigns was suspended by the WWE following his dropping of the belt at, was that Payback or Extreme Rules? Money in the Bank. (laughs) He lost it to my dude, Seth, who came back. It was so awesome. Seth Rollins came back and he had his match and he beat Roman cleanly which is amazing in itself. But of course, Dean Ambrose wasted no time cashing in his money in the bank contract that he had just won earlier in the evening. He beats Rollins. Dean's your champion. The next night on Raw, they announced that they're going to have a triple threat at Battleground, which is this Sunday, July the 24th. And many are wondering why they're doing the triple threat now instead of at SummerSlam, but that's no bother. A shield Triple threat match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship is happening. And then the next day it says Roman got suspended for 30 days. And apparently it's for Adderall usage. The same thing that sunk Adam Rose's tenure at w- with WWE. Super surprising. So let me give you a little prediction about this match this weekend. Reigns isn't going to win it back. Reigns may be rusty. I'll be intrigued to see him. I'm intrigued to see what they do with him because he's not going to be able to probably get on a mic again until Monday night, the 25th. They might have a little backstage segment with him. I don't know. But this match is going to be big, and I think it's going to rival some of the greatest triple threat matches in WWE history. And yeah, I said it, and I meant it. Rumors say Rollins is going to go over. I'm going to go with Ambrose retaining. So, Roman, I'm glad to have you back. I am not a Roman hater. I've watched too much pro wrestling in the past five years and seen too many things to get too invested in what they should be doing. I just try to enjoy the product they give us. Reigns can wrestle. He needs a couple character tweaks. He needs to be a heel like me and Eric discussed on our booking episode, Book to the Future. So, there's that. We also followed that up 
with an announcement of Brock testing positive twice for foreign substances following his fight with Mark Hunt, the fight he won at UFC 200, including a test that he apparently failed the day of. So, it's, it's going to be interesting because WWE's going to have to do something. And he has a match with Randy. It'll be his first wellness policy, uh, whatchamacallit, offense. So if they suspend him soon, he will be back in time for SummerSlam to face Randy Orton, who I'm really excited about him coming back. And then the very last thing I'm going to touch on is the draft. Very surprising draft because Raw is super loaded and SmackDown is not. I'm interested to see how that plays out. Over the next few weeks, what changes? I'm hoping there will be some trades or something because if this is going to be a real draft or anything like that where wrestlers are changing sides, I feel like there should be some trading going on. I have no problem with who was chosen where in the draft, though. No major surprises there. I just hope that they even out the balance somehow on SmackDown a little bit. Recommendations. Because the internet, I talked about that earlier in the show. Childish Gambino. Get the album, listen to it, and read the script while you listen to the album, the screenplay. It's outstanding. Just Google it. I watched Wolf of Wall Street again the other night before I fell asleep on it because it's so long. As misogynistic and as inappropriate and as un-in-depth it gets. And I say un-in-depth because... A lot. Um. Actually, my sister-in-law Nikki was mad that he never went into the details of how he was making all his money and ripping so many people off. How he kept saying, "You don't want to hear about that." Here's some naked women. <laughs> she wasn't a fan of that, but I really like Wolf of Wall Street. Not the biggest fan of DiCaprio as a person, but I am a fan of his acting. So, Wolf of Wall Street. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. The TV version that I was watching on FX, and they had a lot of the words in it. But watch, watch the actual DVD or something, or stream it or something. Last thing I want to recommend is the Undefeated, the new website from ESPN. It is about sports, of course, but then it also deals a lot with race and sports in today's day and age. And they're finding their feet, and they're doing some real good work. So the Undefeated.com. All right, y'all. If you want to listen. The Hyphenation and support the show. Please go on iTunes, search Hyphenation, subscribe, rate, and review, and then share that link and tell all your friends. You can also go to behyphen.com, podcast.behyphen.com, and tricycle.wordpress.com, tricycleoffice.wordpress.com to find the show. If you go to podcast.behyphen.com, on the right-hand side, find Hyphenation, you'll find an RSS feed. And you can put that into your favorite podcast listening device to listen to the show. We, I am on Stitcher. We are on Stitcher. Search Hyphenation. It'll be right there for you every time a new episode's uploaded. You can find it on Mixcloud.com slash hyphen and on YouTube.com slash hyphen. Put all the Hyphenation episodes up there as well. And then you can always just Google it, Hyphenation, and you'll find the page, which I'm kind of redoing. But you'll find it, and you'll find the latest episode on there. That's all I can do. If you want to get in contact with me, b at gmail.com. Don't forget, b on Twitter, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N, on Facebook, facebook.com slash resilient redundancies. That is the new Kellen Conley B-Hyphenation fan page. I'm always posting cool content on there because I am a content curator along with my original content. Please like that and share that and let people know. Tell your friends about it like the weekend. And that's it, man. So another Hyphenation episode is in the books. Thank you very much for listening. Shout out to all my new listeners. Shout out to my old listeners. Shout out to any listeners. I'm Kellen Conley. Good night, nation. Good weekend. Good fight. Good night. All the things. And most importantly... Thanks, y'all.